Welcome to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. This is Pint Glass Football. We talk NFL and college football. I'm your host, Brad Fowler. Pintglassfootball.com is the website. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. What's up, PGF Nation? National Championship Game and NFL Black Monday podcast. Earlier this week, go back and listen if you haven't already. But now we shift to the NFL playoffs. Today, We'll preview each of the NFL wildcard weekend games and, of course, make predictions and betting picks for each game. But joining me to break it all down, my co-host, Alex Higdon. Alex, what is going on? Hey, Brad, it's finally here. Playoff time is win or go home. Man, oh, man. I can't actually believe it, Alex. This has got to be the fastest NFL season of all time. It's been so fun, such a great year. But here we are. It's playoff time. I can't believe we're getting ready, building up to another Super Bowl champion. The first step starts this weekend with these wildcard games. I can't wait to break down these games with you, Alex. Before we get there, though, Monday night, as I said a minute ago, we recorded a reaction pod to the College Football National Championship game in NFL Black Monday. But on Tuesday, Mike Vrabel, news came out that he was fired in Tennessee. I think Mike Vrabel's firing came as a little bit of a shock to some people, but Alex, we saw this coming. We talked about this. Yes, he's a good coach. I think everybody knows that, and he's a respected coach around the NFL. He was the coach of the year just two years ago, but this team felt like they were going to make some sweeping changes in Tennessee. In my Titans prediction, Alex, the one I made in the offseason, I think it might be one of my best ever. I predicted six wins. Tannehill would get benched by midseason. The offensive line would be terrible, and they would blow this team up and rebuild next season. But I think there's no doubt Mike Vrabel is going to get another shot at head coaching job in the NFL sooner than later. Yeah, Brad, absolutely. I mean, this guy, if we take a look at what he was able to do with this team, you did say only six wins. However, this team played tough. They went down to the wire. I mean, They were still competitive. They didn't look sloppy even when they moved over to a quarterback that we didn't have a lot of high hopes for. Will Levis came in, stepped up. They looked a lot better. Derrick Henry did have a very, very, very down year for us fantasy uh, people included. You know, but his contract is ending. Ryan Tannehill's contract is ending. They do have new management front office so perhaps they're looking to go in a different direction and they maybe they feel they found Will Levis and they want to go get a guy that can help help his maturation to become the guy that they think that he can be with those expiring contracts and this team kind of taking a step back they never really got back to that team that we saw a couple years ago when they were the number one seed in the AFC and they got upset by the Bengals who went on to play in the Super Bowl that year it felt like the team peaked with Vrabel it did feel like it was time to really make changes. I'm going to be excited to see where Vrabel goes, though, because he's going to have some options. I think he could be a guy that can instantly turn around one of these franchises looking for a new head coach. It is playoff time in the NFL. This is maybe one of the funnest weekends of the year, wild card weekend, because you get a lot of good games, a lot of interesting matchups. I want to start with a game that really, I think, is getting a lot of interest. I know I'm excited for this matchup. Miami Dolphins at Kansas City. Kansas City is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. 
The over-under is 42.5. This game is going to be on Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be streaming on Peacock. Initial thoughts about this game. What are you going to be looking for, Alex, in this matchup? Well, I think one of the big things in this game that's going to be is that it's going to be two degrees in Kansas City. That's first and foremost. And I think that matters to a team that relies on speed. That I don't see anything about the wind because we know Tua doesn't have the strongest arm. But the one thing I'm going to be looking for, and I know, is that I know that the Dolphins have had some serious injuries. We know Bradley Chubb is going. They recently signed Justin Houston as well as Bruce Irvin to help. And they're going to be without Jerome Baker. So they're going to be without two key linebackers in their best pass rusher. So it's going to be interesting to see how this defense can, even if they can get any type of pass rush, because we know that the weak link on the Kansas City Chiefs has been those tackles. And if they can't get a pass rush and you give Patrick Mahomes time, he's going to be able to carve you up. So the key thing that they have that they needed to do, they don't, we're not sure if they can do, even though they still have Christian Wilkins. But we're going to have to see what the Dolphins can do defensively. And then offensively, that Kansas City Chiefs, from my perspective, is the best defense in the league. Yes, not the Ravens, not the Browns. I believe the Kansas City Chiefs are the best defense in the league. And that Dolphins running game did not look good last week against Buffalo. I don't see it getting any better against Kansas City. And although they have a lot of speed, they lack toughness. And Kansas City defense comes to hit you in the mouth and hit you in the mouth hard. Yeah, Alex, I think we align on this one perfectly. I think the injuries to Jalen Waddell, Raheem Mostert, they've lost both of their best pass rushers in Miami. They lost Van Ginkle, who was really playing some great football. Xavier Howard is questionable. The Dolphins' defense is just riddled with injuries. This team is limping into the playoffs. They go to Arrowhead, and you mentioned it. This could be below 10 degrees. Maybe you said as low as 2 degrees. We're going to have to see when we get a little closer to kickoff. But regardless, I think we know it is going to be literally freezing cold in Kansas City. And that is not going to bode well for a warm-weather team like Miami. Historically, Miami has always struggled in cold weather. It's just making this for a really tough matchup. Now, for Kansas City, they rested their starters in Week 18. And I think that extra time is going to give Andy Reid more time to prepare And it's going to give Kansas City, some of those players, some time to get a little healthier. I think Travis Kelsey is a guy that could be a little bit rejuvenated from the extra rest. Kansas City, you hit on it. They are the best defense in the NFL. And nobody is talking about it, Alex. That group has been elite because we know this offense has really become very average this year. And the defense has been leading the way for them. The Dolphins coming off that heartbreaking loss to the Bills. I mean, they could have been at home if they win that game, but now they're playing in Kansas City against a proven veteran team and a great coach and quarterback. This is such a bad spot for Miami, Alex. I think Kansas City rolls in this game, and I think they cover the three and a half easy. I think it's a blowout, Alex. I don't think they have any chance in this game, and I'm also going to take the under 42 and a half because of the weather and the defense. I think it's going to be low scoring, but give me the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Kansas City, three and a half point favorites over under 42 and a half. Where are you betting here? Well, I'm I'm putting all my money and pushing all my chips to the table behind Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the, that Chiefs defense and the Spagnola defense all the way around. I don't think the Dolphins will score more than 17 points. And I think the Chiefs uh, come away with the win. I think Pacheco's going to be healthy. I think they're going to Hit him in the mouth, hit him in the mouth hard, and I think we're going to see something like 31 to 17. 
the five seed Cleveland Browns, four seed Houston Texans. This game is on Saturday, 4.30 Eastern on NBC. The Browns right now are a two and a half point favorite. 44 is the over under. Think about this, Alex. This matchup is because the Browns decided to make one of the worst trades in NFL history when they traded for Deshaun Watson. I mean, think about that. That's the only reason this game is even happening. The Texans totally rebuilt their franchise with those picks that they got in the Watson trade, and they hit on a lot of them. I think this game, when I look at this matchup, I think this game is going to be dominated by the defenses on both sides. Now, I love C.J. Stroud, incredible rookie, great story, winning the NFC South, but a rookie quarterback going up against an elite defense in the NFL playoffs I think is going to be trouble. In the past four starts for Joe Flacco, he has thrown for at least 300 yards, and they went 4-0 in those games. I expect some turnovers, some field goals in this game. I think this game gets a little ugly. I think that's the way the Browns like it. I like the Browns to cover here, the 2.5, and, and I like the under because, like I said, I think this is going to be a defensive battle. What do you think, Alex? Okay, so I have a lot of things here. I know that we talked about this game is happening because of the trade, but we also have to talk about why the Texans are even here. And I know I don't know if we're going to really get a chance to get into it, but the Jacksonville debacle is a story that should be talked about the way we talk about the debacle of Exxon and what the oil they dumped into the ocean. But the Texans, Steelers, and Bills are in the positions that they're in simply because Jacksonville couldn't do what they, we thought they were supposed to do. But I'll leave that for another time. We talked about a lot of coaches this year for coach of the year. And a guy that I failed to mention, and I think believe we may have failed to mention, we really need to take a strong look at Kevin Stefanski and what he's been able to do with that Browns team, specifically that offense. P.J. Walker, Dorian Thompson, and now getting Joe Flacco off of his couch to come in and put this team in a position to win 11 games and beat the teams that they were able to beat along the way. I feel confident in taking the Browns here, not only because I just like them and I think they're going to be a, they're going to out physical the Texans. I like them because my hope and prayer to the football gods is that we get the Browns and Joe Flacco versus the Ravens. I need that them to continue on so we can get that. And I want high soap opera drama when those guys go to see the Ravens. But that, like I said, that Browns team, that physical defense. I think Miles Garrett is going to be refreshed. I know he was a little banged up towards the end of the season. I think he's going to be able to come back, be refreshed. And really, you know, that Lamry Tunsil versus Miles Garrett is going to be something to watch. But I like the Brown. I like the Browns here and a close one. And I think it's going to be low scoring. So I'm going to go 20 to 17. The seven seed Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the two seed Buffalo Bills. This game is on Sunday. 1 p.m. Eastern, it's on CBS. Bills, big favorites in this one. Nine and a half, I've seen some sports books have it up to 10. The over-under, 37 and a half points. So Vegas thinks it's going to be a low-scoring game. Look, Alex, this is the biggest quarterback mismatch in the entire playoffs. And Pittsburgh is now without their best player, TJ Watt, injured in Week 18. That is a huge, huge loss for the Steelers' defense. The Steelers are 1-10 in in games played when Watt is out. They're just not the same team. Now, on the road, tough environment versus a team that, quite frankly, has been playing playoff football basically for weeks. We talked about this team 
They were in a desperate situation midseason. Looked like they were in jeopardy to miss the playoffs. They've turned it on in the second half. They're playing some really good football. And in that Sunday night football game against Miami for the division title, Collinsworth and Chirico, they kept saying that this is the whole Josh Allen experience because he makes wow plays with his arms. He makes wow plays with his legs. And then he makes those wow interceptions and turnovers at bad times. And it, and it was just such a great call. I really loved the way they phrased that, the whole Josh Allen experience, because it really is. I mean, the guy just makes these incredible plays. He's just such a physically gifted quarterback who can make these amazing plays, but he's prone to make really dumb plays too and turn the ball over. So if somehow Pittsburgh can create some turnovers, create some chaos in this game, maybe they find a way to hang around, but I don't think so. I, I just I think this is just a bad matchup. I think the Steelers' offense... I just don't think there's any chance that they can keep up with this Bills offense, especially without their best defensive player and without being able to put pressure on Josh Allen. I, I just think they're not the same team. Bills, I've got them in a blowout win. They cover the nine and a half, and I think they go over 37 and a half because I think they find the end zone in this game multiple times. Alex, what do you think? I'm going to take the Steelers in the 10 points or nine and a half points to win the game. But I also am going Whoa. to take the Steelers to win this game outright. And let Whoa. me be very specific on why. This game is going to be on Sunday. It's going to be 30 miles per hour wind, and it's going to snow. The last time that I saw the Bills in a situation like this, I watched Mac Jones not do anything for four quarters except throw eight passes and just get bullied all over the field. That Bill's defense is soft. I don't believe in McDermott as a coach. And I'm going to take Mike Tomlin and preaching to his guys that they don't believe in you. Almost a DJ Khaled type speech to them. But you guys can. You guys can go in there and I think he's going to have this team ready. I think we're going to see a power running game with Najee Harris as well as Jalen Warren. And maybe perhaps take a shot here or there. But that weather, 24 degrees with 30 miles per hour wind, and that Bills offense with no running game. They have a cute running game. And the cute running game does not work when this type of weather. This is the type of weather that is built for Steeler football in this. And like you said, you're going to get the full Josh Allen experience. And it's definitely taking the under. I don't see a blowout at all. And I do see Josh Allen with two turnovers because nothing was more Josh Allen like then it was him falling out of bounds when he could have clearly just thrown the ball out of bounds and lived to play another down but to try and make a play by throwing it out of bounds excuse me by throwing it across his body back towards the middle of the field and having it intercepted if you're going to do something like that against those Steelers they're not only, they're not only prone to turn it over they're prone to return it for seven as well i understand tj Watt is not there but this team still has some horses and they can make some plays i'm taking the steelers and the points and regardless of the points i'm taking the steelers to an outright and i'm taking the under wow all right man with the big big underdog by far the biggest underdog in these playoffs going with the big upset Number seven seed in the NFC, Green Bay Packers, going up against the number two seed, Dallas Cowboys. This game is on Sunday, 4.30 Eastern time. It's going to be on Fox. Cowboys right now, seven and a half point favorites. The over-under is 49 and a half. 
Alex, I, I'm really tempted to take Green Bay here because they are playing with house money. No pressure on this team. They overachieved this year by most people's expectations, and all the pressure is on Dallas to make a playoff run. Everyone is picking them to make this run. You know Jerry Jones and this team are expecting big things from this Cowboys team. I think that pressure is real, and like I said, I think Green Bay is going to come in here loose and a young, confident team, but Here's the thing. I don't know how the Packers defense manages to slow down CeeDee Lamb in this ballgame. I mean, the Packers defense has really been soft this year. What I'm expecting in this game, Alex, defensively, I think they're going to have to double CeeDee Lamb. I don't think they have anybody that's going to be able to line up single on him and be able to stop him. And I think if they do that, and I expect that, I expect that to open things up for guys like Tony Pollard underneath. And I think Jake Ferguson is another name to circle in this game. I Just too many weapons for Dak and the Cowboys for this Packers team to cover. I think Dallas has enough on defense to slow down this Packers team. This is a young Packers team. And young teams typically don't go on the road and win playoff games versus veteran teams with playoff experience. But with that said, I love what I've seen from Jordan Love, especially in the second half of the year. 18 touchdowns, just one pick over the final eight weeks. Man, what a story he's been. Favre, Rodgers to love. Man, they found their next quarterback once again. Pretty incredible stuff. I don't expect him to you know, have a great game here. I, I think he'll make some plays, though. I got to go Dallas here, though, Alex. Even, even though this is a team, I've been selling Dallas Cowboys stock all year long. I don't believe in them as a legit contender but I think they're just too much for this Packers team. I'll take Dallas to cover the seven and a half, but I'm also going to take the over 49 and a half because I think both teams are going to be able to move the ball in this game, especially indoors at AT AT&T. So yeah, Brad, I can actually agree with you there on the pick of the Cowboys. I just happen to think Tony Pollard is actually going to be able to get off. He is due for a big game. And as I'm looking The Green Bay Packers are 29th against the run, giving up 128 yards on the ground. So Tony Pollard is due for a big game. I I expect him to have 125 yards total and a touchdown. And if if you are, and if you need to double CeeDee Lamb, then what are you paying Jair Alexander for? And that's not to say that you can't help out, but Jair Alexander is a guy that's a veteran on this team. This is a very young defense. They have some pieces, I would suspect, in maybe about three to four years. This will probably be a top 10 to 12 defense. But if you have Jair Alexander, Jair Alexander should be able to, at some point in time, be able to handle CeeDee Lamb one-on-one so you can get some, you can mix up some blitzes in there and try and get Luke Van Ness, my favorite player out of the draft, defensive player out of the draft, get in there and try to rattle Dak a lot. But we've seen this from the Cowboys a lot. Once they smell blood in the water, they go in, they go in for the kill, especially at home. I definitely think this is going to go over. However, I will say I don't expect the Green Bay Packers to score over 20 points. I think the stage may be a little bit too bright. There's a lot of young players on there. This is one of the younger teams. And then Jordan Love as well, this being his first time in this position. Great learning curve for something that we, uh, myself and Brad, had picked earlier, the Packers to win the division. But I think this will bode well for him as well as his team going forward. But I don't see them getting over 20 points. I'm going to go, I would say, 40 to 40. I'll say 41 to 20. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. 
I personally love the Pick'em game. Just pick between two and five players to build a Pick'em entry. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Download the Underdog Fantasy app and sign up today with promo code PGF. That's promo code PGF to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. The official ticketing app of Pint Glass Football is now SeatGeek. I can't recommend them enough, guys. I've been using SeatGeek for years. You want to go to a game this season? SeatGeek is here to take the confusion out of buying tickets, making sure you get the best seats at the best prices. With SeatGeek, you'll never have to worry about overpaying for tickets again. How? They put a 0 to 10 score on each ticket, so you know you're getting a good deal. But here's the real game changer. You can get $20 off your first ticket purchase with the code PGFPOD. That's right, $20 off with code PGFPOD. This season, make every game day epic with SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app and remember to enter the code PGFPOD to grab your $20 discount. You know what's important when you're having a good time? Staying hydrated. And that's where Liquid IV comes in. The category winning hydration brand that's fueling your well-being. With just one stick of Liquid IV, you get two times faster hydration than water alone. Plus, five essential vitamins to keep you feeling your best. And let's not forget about the convenience factor. The packaging is perfect for on the go, whether you're tailgating or just hanging out on the couch. But what really sets Liquid IV apart is the amazing flavors. Personally, I'm all about the Concord Grape and Lemon Lime. And with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks, Liquid IV is made with premium ingredients to give you the hydration and nourishment you need. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code PGFP at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code PGFP at liquidiv.com. Zencaster is the ultimate web-based podcasting solution. It provides high-quality audio and video podcast production and hosting. With a full suite of professional tools, podcasters can seamlessly record, produce, and publish studio-quality content all from one dashboard. Zencaster's post-production process takes the headache out of audio production. Set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with a click of a button. Coordinating all your guests to record in person is painful and tedious. Easily invite up to 11 participants per recording with one click. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code PGFP and you'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. The five seed, Philadelphia Eagles at Tampa Bay, the four seed, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is going to be a Monday night football game. It's going to be on ABC and ESPN. Eagles right now, three-point favorite. I've seen some books down to two and a half. 
44 is the over-under. So another low-scoring game Vegas is predicting here. When I look at this Eagles team, Jalen Hurts is beat up. A.J. Brown is dealing with a knee injury. The offensive line is banged up. The run defense is broke down. The pass defense is just terrible. It's amazing, Alex, how far this team has fallen from the team we saw last year. And even earlier this season, they look broken, both physically and mentally. I hate the vibes that I've seen around this team. They still had something to play for in Week 18, and they got blown out by the Giants. I mean, I just, I don't like anything about what I've seen from this team in the last, what, month and a half or so. They don't look anything like a team that can make a run in these playoffs. The Bucks, look, they're not a great team, but they're at home versus this Eagles team. I think they have a shot here, Alex. I, I never would have thought that I would say that at all in the middle of the season, but I think the Bucks can make the Eagles one-dimensional on offense. And I think their zone defense can squeeze that passing game from Hurts, especially if A.J. Brown is limited or if he can't go in this one. Even if he plays, I think it's safe to say he's not going to be 100%. Eagles are 5-1 and one this year when they rush for 140 yards or more, but I don't think they're going to be able to run against Tampa. The only thing that scares me here when looking at the Bucks is the injuries to Baker Mayfield. And I've seen some reports that he's pretty beat up. I think he's dealing with multiple injuries here, but the bottom line, Alex, for me is I can't take Philly. This team has been a mess. I, I just, I can't do it. Bucks plus three and the under 44. I don't think it'll be a high scoring game, but I think Tampa Bay and that defense, I think Baker makes just enough plays to get by and, and beat this Philly team that I don't think anybody would have predicted this type of fall. Yeah, the close line. I mean, Philly going to Buccaneers, this is probably outside of my Steelers pick, but this is probably going to, I wouldn't be surprised as we get closer to the end of the week that that line drops. And maybe this way, I wouldn't be surprised if this came down to maybe about one and a half in terms of that. And as I look at the Eagles report, A.J. Brown is not on this injury report. I see DeAndre Swift. I see Darius Slade, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Hurts. But the one person who has the injury that we have not heard anything about via Twitter or the organization or any of the pundits, he is not on this injury list. Now, one thing that I will point out here, there is a six-point difference in terms of points allowed between what Tampa Bay allows. They only allow 19 and Philly is allowing 25 Philly in terms of their total defense is in the bottom is in the bottom uh, seven of the league. And in total, Tampa Bay is in the bottom 10 of the league. However, they only allow 95 yards rushing on the ground, which I think is key if we want to dig into the analytics a little bit, which is key against a team like Philly who does like to run the ball. So if you're telling me you can hold up and not have them rush the ball and force Jalen Hurts to pass the ball, he's been turnover prone this year you could probably squeeze one to two turnovers away from this team and steal a game I'm actually going to still ride this game out with Philly obviously we have to take the game now not knowing what's going on with AJ Brown I'm just going to believe in Jalen Hurts and that they have enough to get over this one hump but probably not the next one but at least to get to the next run here I'm going to take Philly here as I believe the line will drop I'm going to take Philly to cover as well the sixth seed L.A. Rams at the three seed, Detroit Lions. This game is Sunday, 8-15 Eastern on NBC. Lions, three-point favorites. The over-under is 51.5 for the first time in 30 
years. The Detroit Lions will be hosting a playoff game. Jared Goff versus Stafford. This battle will be the first quarterback matchup in postseason history between two starters who are both facing their former team. Great storylines in this game. I mean, this is really a juicy matchup. The NFL couldn't have had a better matchup if they had picked it. This Lions team was really the favorites by most people to win the North. They looked apart all year. They had another good draft. They added some key pieces to this team, have a lot of talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But rookie Sam Laporta is out with an injury, and that is a massive blow to this team. As you guys might remember, he was on my draft pick sleeper list that we did in April, but even I didn't expect him to be this good, Alex. I mean, I, I like this kid a lot, but man, what a year he has had. He's a huge piece of this offense. I think this matchup, I think Stafford is going to carve up this bad Lions secondary. That's really the weakness for this Lions team. They give up almost 250 yards a game through the air. Now, Stafford, Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, and Puka Nakua, when they've only played eight games all together this year. In those eight games, Stafford was lights out. This team is peaking at the right time. They're healthy at the right time. And this is a bad matchup for Detroit. Give me LA. I'm going to take the money line and the under 51 and a half. I think that's a little high, but I really like LA in this spot. Obviously, plus three, there's a lot of value there getting plus three, but I'm going to take them to win outright, Alex, and I'll take the under. What do you think about this matchup? I said from the jump, I've said it on mic, I've said it off mic. I don't even, before I even knew who the matchup was, I don't care who's going to Detroit. I am taking. I am taking the underdog no matter what. I do not believe in the Lions. I do not like the way they're set up. Now, what I will say is one thing in terms of things that I was just recently looking at, outside of C.J. Stroud and Puka Nakua, I don't think there should be any other rookie offensive player that should be talked about except Sam Laporta. I've seen all a bunch of other people talked about, Tank Dells and so on and so forth. Sam Laporta has been one of the most overlooked rookies this of this entire draft class of this season. I believe he broke the rookie record receptions for Titans with 83 or 82, if I'm not sure. So it is 1,000% a big loss. However, I was very on Sam Laporta early and drafted him in the last three rounds of fantasy. You should pay attention to me when I talk about fantasy. I think I kind of know what I'm talking about. However, I am very high on the Rams here, very high on a possible coach of the year candidate in Sean McVay. And with all three of these weapons available to him, as well as the drama of Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit to bump them out, I love the storyline. I love the soap opera. I believe that the Rams will take this game. I believe that they don't need the points, but I'll take the points anyway. And I, I'm with you, Brad. Here's the one caveat to my to my pick. With Sam Laporta hurt, he is a big weapon on this team. And I said a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, this team underutilizes Jamison Williams a lot, and maybe it's time. This is time for a breakout. I believe that the Lions have not been true to form with that offensive line that they have in terms of setting up Josh Gibbs, excuse me, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery and just bullying people, which I don't think they will do. But if they decide to do that, Detroit will punish the Rams. 
they're, they're a little bit too rigid and wanting to pass the ball and get a little bit pass happy. They won't be able to stay true to form and really run this ball, similar to what we saw yesterday from Michigan, but run this ball 40 to 45 times a game and just really beat up that Rams defensive line with their great offensive line. Since they're not going to do it, I'm going to have to stick with the Rams. But if there was ever a chance for Detroit to really make a point and get on brand, Set this offensive line up and roll over everybody. You have two very capable running backs. You should be able to do that and then be able to to knock them over the top with Jamison Williams down deep with play action. They have not been consistently doing it this year, which is why I've not been able to get on board with how people have been looking at the Lions. If you enjoy the podcast, guys, do us a favor. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But once again, I'm Brad Fowler. He's Alex Higdon. This is Pint Glass Football, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at PGF Podcast.